so we, we're going to be uh, so reading the book of Acts. So this week, starting tomorrow, read the book of uh, Acts chapter 3. Read it every day. Once, once, read the chapter once every day. If you do that, you're going to put it in your heart. and It's going to be something you're going to remember. And it's going to be something you're going to be prepared for when you come to church on Sunday. And so we started, we started this with Acts chapter 1 last week. Acts chapter 2 is this week. And so if you got your Bible open. So I was sitting outside in, uh, in the morning and I was reading. And I tried to do this every single morning this week. And I was sitting out when it was cool and there's a little breeze blowing. And I remember one time when I started reading about uh, the, the Holy Spirit coming. This is, you know, this is actually Pentecost Sunday. And in some uh, faith backgrounds they celebrate this day. And we celebrate it too because it's the coming of the Holy Spirit into the earth, and this is actual Pentecost Sunday, and I'll just be honest with you, I didn't know that when I was planning this. Like when I started looking at the calendar and thinking, all right, so we got this many weeks in June and this many weeks in July, like let's just go through the book of Acts, and this happened to be the day that we are talking about Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday. Pretty amazing, right? I think God has something to do with that. So I'm sitting outside, I'm reading, and it talks about the, like a violent wind comes and the Holy Spirit comes to rest on the people that were there praying. They were all together in one place praying. And I just remember one morning, the pages of my Bible just blew open with the wind. Right to Acts chapter 2. No, it didn't, actually didn't happen. But wouldn't it have been cool? But I was actually reading Acts chapter 2 when the wind blew my pages over to the end of Acts or something like that. But one morning when I was reading, I got this text message from a friend of mine that's here in church this morning. And this, this is what the person said. This is their text message to me on Thursday morning. As I sit down on Thursday morning to read Acts chapter, this is, I guess is what I was saying. I got this message from my friend. Here's what she said. As I am reading about people hearing their own tongue, I think about how God uses our sorrows and joys to speak to others in their own tongue. Like your story speaks a language that's, that some people can understand better than others. Does that make sense? I thought that was a cool revelation that she was receiving from the word. My friend was praising God for all the people he allows me to love on through understanding this, this idea of I've been there. I've been there. I know what you're saying. When you come to me and you share that with me, I've been there. I know. There's several ladies in our church that know what it's like to go through cancer. And they're still going through it. Maybe they're on the other end of it. They're right in the middle. But you know what? Find some other people in your life to say, you know what? I've been there. We have ladies in this church that are going through and they're walking through the, through the diagnosis of MS. There's some women in this church that have been there. They're there. And they speak a language that you understand. And so we need each other when it comes to that. So I thought to myself, this is an example of how the Holy Spirit partners with the Word of God to bring about a specific revelation that is needed in a particular time or season of life. Isn't that good? To think that, that the Holy Spirit is personal. He's in you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. And He speaks to us in seasons. So here's a, here's a few keys. This is like a little pre-sermon, all right? A little before we even jump into the sermon here. Three keys I want you to think about. When you read, ask the Holy Spirit to speak. Okay? When you pray, when you, when you open up your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to speak. Then, 
open up your Bible and read. Notice the first four words of this person's message to me on Thursday morning. As I am reading, as I am reading, okay, that's the key. The revelation came through reading the word. So it's really important that, that you know that. And so her, com- her comment to me impacted me. And so then I replied back to her, this, this next part of Acts chapter 2, it says, they were all together in one place. Isn't that fascinating? That's the reason why church is so important. It's the reason why it's important to gather on Sundays, to, to celebrate and worship together, to be in this place together. They were all together in one place. And I said, the Holy Spirit breathes on authentic community. The Holy Spirit breathes on authentic community. And it might not just be like here on Sunday morning, but it might be when you do sign up and you say, you know what, I'm willing to gather with a few other people and eat with them and get to know them. I believe the Holy Spirit will breathe on that. And then God will meet you there in the conversations. It might be right there is when you have that conversation. Oh, what, me too? Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know you, you had that same struggle. Or, you, or I didn't know you had celebrated the same thing that I've been celebrating in my life. That's really encouraging to know. And then when you walk in the door the next Sunday morning, it's not the same. You walk in with this anticipation. Man, I can't wait to see the Jacksons. Man, when I see the Jacksons, it's going to be awesome because I, I get to know, I know them better than I knew them last week. That's authentic community. And that's what we want you to have this experience. Key three. After... You ask, and then you read. So that, the next step, the next key is, is to um, open up your life and share it with others. And we just talked about that. When you open up your life and you let other people in, I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Like that, that, my, that word impacted me on Thursday morning, and it first started with that person opening themselves up to me and saying, hey, what about this? Oh, man, you know what? That makes me think about this. You see how that works? It's beautiful. When you, you guys all sitting around when you're having conversations, like we were doing this the other, um, the other day. I was sitting around having conversations with, with, there was four pastors in the same room, and we were all having this conversation. And, uh, yeah, if you're not a pastor, you, won't under, you probably won't understand. But they're all like, oh, yeah, well, this one day I had this person come into the church and ask for this. Oh, yeah, well, one day I had this happen, and it just goes around and around and around. It's like old war stories or something we're talking about. It's an interesting, interesting dynamic for sure. But we had, to be, we had to open up ourselves and our lives to one another to have that conversation. Acts chapter 2. Whoops, I think I went one too far. Back up. Is this what happened? There we go. Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost. All right. So it's when the Holy Spirit comes... The Holy Spirit that Jesus promised, remember in in, uh, the end of Luke, in Acts chapter 1, last week we were talking about, Jesus says, stay in the city, don't go anywhere until you're clothed with power from on high. He says, stay, and then when you receive the Spirit, then you're going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so Jesus said it's coming, he promised, Jesus always keeps his promises, and the Holy Spirit comes. It comes in a pretty miraculous way. In a God kind of way, right? It shows up. You see in the book right there in the very beginning of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. 
suddenly like a sound, or a sound like a violent rushing wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so there's, I don't even, we don't even have time to get into all of the different interpretations and the different implications of what happened in this particular moment. But one of the things that I think that is the most amazing is that God gave them the ability to speak His magnificent works so that other people can understand. Okay, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us the ability then to, to relate to and help other people know about the magnificent works of God. Can I get an amen? It's more, it's more than just about you, hey, look, I have this ability to, to speak in tongues or, or I don't, whether you even believe in tongues or not or whatever. It's not about that at all. It's about the fact that it's a proclamation of God's magnificent works in the earth. And he's going to use whatever tool, whatever way that he can to use you to speak to other people. Okay, and we'll talk more about that here in just a minute. And so we we had lots of discussion about this particular issue. And so when it says that they were all together in one place, the violent wind comes and the Holy Spirit comes to rest on them. It says that uh, they were all together in one place. And I think when you have people who are followers of Jesus gathered in one place and they're praying together and they're worshiping together, there's power in that. There's a specific power that comes with that particular revelation. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the Holy Spirit. Okay, we we said last week we would do this. And this is not an exhaustive study on the Holy Spirit. We only have so much time, right? And so, first of all, this is our belief, this is our belief statement. This is what we post uh, for people to see online or anybody that wants to come to our church and say, hey, what do you believe about whatever? This is what we believe about the Holy Spirit. It's come to glorify Christ and to apply the saving work of Christ to our hearts. He convicts us of sin, draws us to the Savior. Indwelling our hearts, meaning it's something that comes to dwell within us, that lives in us. Okay? He gives new life to us, empowers and gives us spiritual gifts for service as the body of Christ. He instructs and guides us into all truth and seals us for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. We'll talk about that a lot. Maybe you hear some say, hey, you know, once you receive Christ, the Spirit comes to live in you. Have you ever heard the phrase, have you accepted Christ into your heart? Have you believed in Jesus Actually, there's nowhere in Scripture that says, have you accepted Christ into your heart? But it does talk about, have you accepted his message? Do you believe on, his, believe on Jesus? Do you receive Jesus in faith? Do we believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is? We, when we baptized last week, we said, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Uh, and yes, will you, do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Yes. Will you follow Jesus the rest of your life? Yes. And that's a confession of faith. And we believe at the moment of confession, believing that Jesus is Lord and receiving Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you. Okay? It's, 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 really, it's really important to know that. So here's some of the works of the Holy Spirit. He convicts and admonishes. He warns us in love. Any parents in the room? <laughs> Have you ever had to warn your kids in love? You're like your kids, Holy Spirit, in a sense, you know, until they get old enough to really begin to understand and and receive faith by themselves. 
and grow into that. But the Holy Spirit warns you. Sometimes it's like a tap on the shoulder. Hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, don't go there. Don't do that. It's a warning in love. Comforts and counsels us. It warms us in love. Okay, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you, maybe you're in prayer, you're reading the word, and you just feel this sense of like peace that comes over you. Some even people say, I feel this warm, tingling kind of experience. And that's the reason why uh, a lot of times people will use the, the phrase fire or whatever. And then you have some people in a whole different camp like, why are we asking for fire of God to fall? Isn't that going to consume us and kill us? It, don't get too wrapped up in all of that. But the Holy Spirit warms us. Like I just know, like to me, sometimes when the Spirit starts just kind of moving inside of me, filling me in some way, particular way, I cry. Like that's how I, at weird times, in movies that, that men probably shouldn't cry at, but I cry. I watched Aladdin the other day and I cried. I don't know what that is. By the way, Trisha and I have been to three different movies recently, and every single time we went to a movie, someone has died. We're not going to any more movies. Netflix from now on. <laughs> but speaking of that, uh, Carrie's grandmother had passed away, and her grandfather had just passed away not too long ago, so they're both together again <laughs> you know, with one another. And so the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. It's this heavenly global positioning system, Right? And so it's good to listen to the GPS of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday I was driving, uh, I left and I was going to Fort Riley. And for some reason I thought, I don't know why I thought this. I thought, well I have to go down past the airport and get on that 435. And it kept telling me, no, rerouting, turn around, go back this way, no, take this. And I was like, no, I know where I'm going. You ever had that feeling in life? Oh, I know where I'm going, I don't need any help, I got this. Maybe that's more for a man, I don't know. Finally, I decided to listen, and I turned around, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's the other 435 that I need to get on. Prompts and points to us. So it's a supernatural, I believe, kind of a nudge, like, like I really feel like I need to go this way, and I should really take this. I got this prompting, something that's encouraging me to, to take this step. Enables and empowers so many times through Scripture, Peter will, just a little bit after this, will be filled with the Holy Spirit and he'll speak with power. And then it gives us the enabling to, to do the things he calls us to do. It gives us strength. He gives us gifts, helps us to serve like Jesus, and it produces fruit in us, and it helps us to be like Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said... That if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you. And here, here's the key. He will be in you. Right? When Jesus was the counselor on earth, he was in one place at one time. The Holy Spirit is in many places at many times because he lives in those who are followers of Jesus. And wherever we go, the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, on in John 14, 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have told you. And isn't that good news? Brady, how many times have you been preaching on the street and God just reminds you and brings a passage of Scripture to you that you can use at that particular time to minister to that particular person? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Because if Jesus was still on the earth and Jesus was with me in Platte City and Brady was down in the city, Brady would be like, oh, I don't know what to say, man. Jesus is not here to whisper in my ear. We don't, Jesus says you'll be able to do greater things than I've been doing because I'm going to spread myself out. <laughs> and I'm going to hit and touch the ends of the earth through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. What about spiritual gifts? For just as the body is one and has many parts, all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also in Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. So think about when you drink something, you consume it, you bring it into you. And that's what happens when we put our faith in Jesus. The Spirit comes and lives in us. And the reason why I talked about spiritual gifts because it brings gifts, all kinds of different gifts, to, for us to use. And we'll talk about this in just a second. And then also the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us, right? So when, when Christ comes to live in us, are you just like Jesus when he comes to live in you? you got some work to do. But the potential is, yes, you can be just like him. Now, I don't, I don't mean dying on the cross and providing forgiveness for sin. <laughs> That's not our role. But we can act like him, right? He wants to produce these things in us. It's a process, y'all. It's not something you're going to get right away, but it is something that's already present in you, and he's going to develop these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, the law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That's not of Christ. That's not who we are supposed to be. He says he gives us a different way to live. And then, I love this passage in 1 Peter chapter 4. In time ethics. Because in the book of Acts, in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it will be in the last day, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit. Do you know since the ascension of Jesus into heaven, and we're waiting for him to come back. We are in the last days. When Jesus comes back, then he'll fulfill all the things that he said he was going to fulfill. But until then, we're living in the last days. And some people say, well, I know, man, things are so bad right now. Today, this has got to be close to the end. Well, he, they may be right. It might be close to the end. Today might be it, right? This will be the only chance we get. The last Sunday we'll be together. We don't know that. We talked about that too. Only Jesus knows the time and the place. Or the Father and then Jesus will be revealed and he'll come and take us back. So the end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and sober minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift. Use it to serve others. Okay, so why do we receive gifts from the Holy Spirit? We use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. Like my friend was saying, God gives me this ability to maybe speak to someone that, that I can understand and they can understand me because of what I've been through. You have gifts and you get to go, go um, give away His grace in various ways throughout the earth. That should make you excited. 
If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides. Where do we get the strength from? Who gives us the strength? The Holy Spirit, right? Come on, you guys. Track with me here. The Holy Spirit. And then it says, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So if God gives us these gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit and we use them to bless others, who gets the glory for it? He does, right? Because it's not our gifts anyway. He gave them to us. And he gives us then the strength to use them. And when we use them, are we blessed when we use them? You are blessed when you use them. There's something about when you serve at the capacity um, that God has given you, there's something amazing. It's, a, it's the best high I've ever experienced on this side of heaven. It doesn't get any better than that. Like, man, like God just used me to, to just comfort and, and uh, help this other person. Why does that feel so good? It's the way God designed you. He wired you that way. And he gifted you that way. So the Spirit's poured out, and there's some things that we can learn uh, as, as a result of the Spirit being poured out here on us. And we're going to look at those things quickly here. And it will be in the last day, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. And I just spoke about that. Since Jesus ascended, we have been in the last days, and we're, we're using those gifts. And while we're waiting for Jesus to return, we just, we just talked about the end time ethics. This is how we're supposed to be living while we're here and experiencing God's uh, mercy and his grace in our life. Then it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 21. Jews, Greeks, slave or free. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan of foreknowledge, you use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. Peter's preaching this powerful message empowered by the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of some of the notes that I was looking at, this is God's sovereignty and man's free will all together. God knew it was going to happen. He's sovereign. He's all-knowing. But also he gives man a choice. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what it is you're going to do tomorrow. And he will allow you to choose freely. Even with the Holy Spirit prompting you and guiding you, you can still choose <laughs> to not obey. Now, when you obey, deeper revelation comes and a more empowering comes. There's an incredible feeling that comes with that. Or you can say, you know what, I, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I just choose not to. I'm not going to. God's sovereignty and our free will combined. It's, it's, it's hard to understand, but it is reality. It exists right here with us this morning. God raised him up, it says, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Can I get an amen? All right. That is good news, my friends. That is good news. He, end, he ends the pains of death. The greatest pain of all mankind is death. And he ends it by the resurrection of Jesus. It says, God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since we have been ex he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. We know that's true because they, they've experienced it. He's just saying... Jesus kept his promise, the Holy Spirit is here, and it's living 
in us and working through us. I love in Acts 2, 36, where it says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Here's the reason why I think this passage is is, uh, powerful. We are all perfectly okay with being saved from our sins and being rescued from the pit of hell. Everybody okay with that? Anybody not okay with that? You you don't want to be rescued from hell. You would rather just suffer the consequences of your choices. Anybody okay with that? No. We're We're all great with that, right? But Jesus says... I want to be more than just your Savior. I want to be the Lord of your life. I want to have my way in you, and I want to live through the power of my Spirit, through the giftings that I give you, producing the fruit that's within you. I want to have my way in you. I want you to be like me. We're not so excited about that, y'all. Because it requires us then to make some choices. It requires us to say yes to some things and no to others. It requires us to change. Now, he enables us and he empowers us and he, he walks with us through that and he blesses us because of it, but it's still our free will and it's still really hard. Do you still have some habits that you wish you didn't have? Oh my, oh me. I do. And Jesus gently says, I just want to be your Lord. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to I take you to places that, frankly, you just can't go without me. And frankly, I can't take you there until you say no to that and say yes to this. And maybe you're like, oh, how, how does, how, why is Brady talking to me? <laughs> it might be the Holy Spirit talking to you, not me. Jesus says, I want to be both. I don't want to just rescue you from hell. I want to give you an incredible life here and now. Make sense? He does. I promise you he does. All right, let's keep moving. This is a controversial passage for some people. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If the, I don't think the English language does this verse the true justice that it needs to do. The Greek word for the four that I circled there can be interpreted a lot of different ways. If you were to read this and just take it for face value, don't really, really just kind of dive into it, you might think, okay, it says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Implicating that you have to be baptized in order to be forgiven of your sins. Or to be saved. There's another way to, to approach it. And so now you've got to start wrestling with, all right, we're saved by grace through faith, right? It's not a workspace. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. So wouldn't it be that if we had to be baptized, wouldn't that be a work, something we'd have to do in order to then now earn our salvation? 
And there are some churches that will teach, not only do you have to be baptized to be saved, you have to be baptized in our church or in our denomination to be saved. We're not going there, folks. (laughs) We're not going to go there at all. Because if you really look at it, it says, repent and be baptized. Yes, step one, repent. That is confession of sin. It's realizing that I'm wrong and I need to turn. The GPS has just rerouted me and I need to listen. And I turn and I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then naturally once you've received Christ, and I believe it's that point that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, to be your Lord and your Savior, to walk with you, to help you in this life. Then, yes, it's natural to say, you know what? Because of what Christ has done for me, I want to be baptized. I want to follow Jesus to be obedient in baptism. Because here's the thing, and I don't want to get too far off on this, but I want to just go with this a little bit because because I think the better interpretation would be in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins. You're doing it for this reason. Jesus has already forgiven you. He's already made you clean. And because of that, you want to get baptized. You want to, re- you want to follow Jesus in obedience. Because here's the thing. Listen, I know Fred and, and Nancy, they grew up Catholic. And so they could be tempted to think, well, you know what? I was baptized as a baby. Therefore, I'm forgiven of my sins. I'm in heaven when I die. There's really nothing else I have to do. Other than just follow these particular commands, you know, whatever it is. It, it could be that they think, if they've never been taught, they have to repent and be, be baptized or repent for your sin. They might think, well, I'm, I'm in, I'm good. And therefore, I, I don't really have to live for Jesus. I can just do whatever I want to do. And I'm not talking about them personally. I'm not saying that's their, I'm just saying you might be tempted to think that, right? Or to think, this, you know, even for us to say, you know what, as long as I'm baptized, I'm good. I don't really have to follow Jesus and follow his commands and be more like him. I can just be baptized and do whatever I want to do. I'm good, right? I'm in. My name's written in the book. I'm I'm awesome. I don't have to change my life at all. That's kind of back to I'm okay with being saved and go to heaven, but I don't want to let Jesus be my Lord. That's not what it's saying. Because if you look in Acts chapter 10, and we'll get there eventually, you'll see a different kind of scenario where Peter actually goes and he speaks to these Gentiles and it says they hear the message, they repent, and then afterwards, Jesus, Peter's like, well, you know what, I don't think there's anything keeping them from being baptized. You should go ahead and baptize them too. They had already received the Holy Spirit. And I think, to me, that is a more accurate interpretation of what this is saying. It's not something you have to do to be saved. You want to do it because you're saved. Does that make sense? Okay? And that is what we believe as a church. And so we'll continue to, uh, to go down this road. And then we've got to finish up with this because this is, my, this is the reason why I thought it was so appropriate that the Clousers came and talked about this today. Because at the end of Acts chapter 2 is when they, when they kind of like give a blueprint, if you will, of how we are to live after we've repented, after we've been baptized, after we're following Jesus. All right, here's what church should look like. This is what the community of Christ, the body of Jesus, the gifted, the the fruit-bearing, Holy Spirit, 
filled <laughs> believers of Jesus, this is what they're supposed to live like. Okay? And so it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. All right? As I opened my Bible, as I read, I'm devoted to the teaching. It's something that I do on my own. Don't just read your Bible and study Scripture on Sunday morning when Brady tells you to open it. You better be opening it other times during the week. Not so that you can be saved, because you already are. <laughs> Though, there are people who come to faith by just reading God's Word without anybody ever bringing them to church. They just put their faith in Jesus because the Word of God uh, produces faith. <laughs> it's powerful. It's a powerful Word. But you devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, that is to one another. Okay, Devote yourself to one another. Don't just tolerate one another. <laughs> Devote yourself to, to loving one another, not just here, but on Monday morning. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed, it says, through the apostles. Now all of the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as they had need. We were talking about this with the, with the youth, and uh, I asked them this question. I said, you know, if you had someone come to you and they had a need, what would you do? It's like, well, I would just, would just go buy it for them. <laughs> or what if you lost your um, only pair of shoes, what would you do? Would you just go buy more? But in this context, in this society, that wasn't always the option. And I know for us, it's a little bit different for us because all of us have more shoes in our closet when we get home, right? So if you blow out your shoe today, <laughs> you can just limp home and put on some new ones. But in this culture, that wasn't the case. It might be that you come with no shoes because you have no leftovers at home and you don't have any way to get new shoes. And so it says that they sold their possessions and property and distributed to the, the proceeds to all as any had need. We try to do that as much as we possibly can as a church. That's, I believe, a, the DNA of who we are. It's, it's in my heart. It's in the heart of those who sit on our board and our core team. But it, it should also then ripple out into our hearts too, into the rest of us. You know, I don't know if it'll ever get to this place, but it might. It might be that there's a day when we really, truly do need each other. When we gather together on Sunday morning, it might be that this Sunday morning, the Smith family comes up and says, you know what, we're, we're this far away from losing our house. And then somebody else says, you know what, not on our watch, not going to happen. What do we need to do? You know what? I got three cars. I only need two. I'm selling one, and we're going to make sure we take care of your need. You're like, that's crazy, Brady. People don't do that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they should. That's who we're called to be. That's what he's calling us to do. And, and I know some of you are like, oh, no, I'm going to hold on my wallet because now he's talking about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the things that you love the most. More than you love him. And it might be your money. I don't know. 
This is the thing that will set the church apart from any other organization on earth. This is the thing that should set the church apart from any other organization on earth. That they love each other really, really well. They just do. They, those people, they're crazy about one another. And I'll just be real with you. If you don't extend yourself and open up your life to that, that's not going to be true for us. Can't just happen on Sunday morning. Is that is that okay? You okay with that? Okay. Uh, this it's kind of like it's man's free will. You got to make a decision. Like what that's what's that going to look like um, for us to to live this way? Uh, every day it says they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. I know it's a little more difficult in our culture to do it day, every day, obviously. And broke bread from house to house. They were, they were, listen, they, the Clousers, they were way ahead of you. They, they were already doing that back then. They already had the sign-up sheet going, potluck sign-up sheet, whatever it was, meal train. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the byproduct of loving each other that way, it says God, um, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That's what happens when the church is the church. Using their gifts to distribute God's graces in various forms to the people who need it. Allowing God through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak through you into the lives of somebody else supernaturally providing for them, helping them, encouraging them. You get it? That's his word. That's what he's trying to encourage us to do today. Let's pray as the worship team comes. We've got to finish up. maybe this morning you're here and you say I need to repent they asked Peter what should we do with this message Peter replied repent and be baptized maybe as you saw all the pictures up on the screen you're thinking I, I have yet to have, taken, to have taken that step I need to take that step I need to be baptized could be a, just a number of things that God's put on your heart for one reason or another today. So Pastor Brady will be here. The other Pastor Brady will be over here. <laughs> we'll just be here to pray with you. To, I don't know, maybe you have some possessions that you've sold and you need to bring the proceeds <laughs> to bless somebody else that's hurting in our community. I, I don't know, maybe that's you today. I would hate for you to miss out on that opportunity. You know what? Not because we need it as much as you need to get, let go of it. So Father, however you want to speak to us today, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are willing to dwell in us. You are entrusting your, your spirit to us to use it, um, to be used by you in, in, in 
ways that are effective and productive, in ways that bring glory to you. So God, whatever it is that you want us to do to give you the most glory, God, we're open to that. So Holy Spirit, help us. Point us, prompt us, warn us, warm us. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, and help us to obey. We just pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.